One of the greatest challenges in life is knowing enough to think that you're right, but not knowing enough to know that you're wrong. Neil deGrasse Tyson. When I was in my early 20s, I read a book called The Subtle Art of Not Giving a And it changed my life forever. And one of the things that changed my life was the belief that you're wrong about everything, but so am I. And as Mark, the author of this book, laid out this belief, it was we're all wrong about everything. And in life, this journey that we're on throughout life is to just get closer and closer to the truth. And I believe that the sooner we can get to the truth, the sooner we will experience freedom, whether that's personal freedom, societal freedom, whatever that looks like. And so that gave me permission to get over myself and admit when I'm wrong sooner because the sooner I can admit, can admit that I'm wrong, the sooner I can get to the truth and the sooner I can experience some sort, if not all kinds of freedom. And that's really the journey I have been on is seeking this personal freedom and is why I like really think about the differences. If you've ever listened to or read any of the books or interviews by people who survived the Holocaust, they would talk about who people that were literally living in hell on earth could still experience freedom, especially in Viktor Frankl's like A Man's Search for Meaning, or I really wish I could remember the name, but there was this gal in an interview I'd listened to that lived through the camps and she was a piano player. And basically she stayed alive because she could perform and they used her for like the propaganda to show like, see, there's nothing going on here, that kind of stuff. She would say, like, life is beautiful, it's beautiful. And the interviewer said, like, you've seen the worst parts of life. Like, how can you say, like, everything is beautiful? And she said, I know about the bad. I choose to look at the good. And oddly enough, one of the things that we agree on in this culture war, in this societal war, like whatever you want to talk about, is the mental health crisis that we face as a country. And I believe as a world too, I haven't seen any data on it, but I believe a lot of us are suffering at an unnecessary level. And I believe a lot of that is because we look at the symptom and we don't ever get to the root cause of it. And that's what personal freedom is. It's being free of all of our trauma, all of our bullshit, whatever you want to call it. Like that is real personal freedom. And in learning about these people that have lived through the Holocaust, I knew that it was possible because they were in such worse circumstances than I've ever been in. And yet they were more mentally and emotionally and spiritually free than I was even just a year ago. And I believe that's what really inspired me to do this series about things I was wrong about. And the reason I'm starting with trauma is because I believe that trauma is that root that we are not addressing. I believe it is what's causing these symptoms that we are suffering with. And in my life, well, we're going to, we're going to get into that, but the way I like looked and defined and saw and like felt the effects of trauma was so wrong. And I believe that that's what was causing me more suffering. So I I think also my inspiration is maybe in saying what I was wrong about, it will help you like, am I wrong about this? Is this what's keeping me in a personal hell instead of letting me experience personal freedom? I don't know, but I do hope that in having these conversations and talking about it, that we can all get to a level of personal freedom that we are all worthy of and deserve. 
So what I want to actually start out with is not the things that I was wrong about with trauma, but one thing that I was right about with trauma. And I want to start out with this because this is the lens in which I view trauma and healing. And I think it's important not that you look at healing and trauma through the same lens that I do, but that you know how I'm looking at it because I think that will help you um, decipher the information better and have some discernment when it comes to what works for you and what doesn't. So the way that I look at trauma back, like a lot of what I'm going to talk be talking about, especially in this series, is what I've really learned in the last seven to eight months, because that's been my my biggest wake-up call. So in the last, like, um, for quite some time and the last, like, seven months is how I have viewed trauma is anything that makes you less of yourself. So I believe we come into this world, we are this little creature that's this, like, sponge, and that actually I had this belief, but I didn't know this. And I recently learned that we are developing our subconscious until, and I cannot say that word, so excuse me, but subconscious, is that how you say it? I don't know. I'm Polish. We say things backwards and I'm just going to roll with it. You know what I'm talking about. Um, we are developing our subconscious mind until we are seven years old. So up until the point of seven, we are just these walking, talking, experiencing subconscious. Well, where... Um, I think we misinterpret things a lot as a society and as culture in general is our subconscious is running 90% of the program and it's stuff that we don't think about. We don't know that we think about. We don't know that's under there. So here's this thing that is like running the whole show and we don't even know it. We don't know what it's saying. We don't know what it's putting out there. And yet it's it's making 90% of our decisions. And we're developing that up until we are seven years old. So I believe that around seven or eight, I don't know why I always default to eight. I would think after I learned this information, I would go to seven. We know who we are. We know who we came here to be. And we hold in that. And it's like that saying, kids say the darndest things. They do because they're more honest than we are as adults, because they're more clear about their purpose and the truth, because they don't know how to lie to themselves yet. Like they lie to us like, oh, who put the toilet paper all over the bathroom? Well, it wasn't me. It was sister. (laughs) You know, it's not that they, you know, it's not that it's perfect, but I believe kids are more honest with themselves. Like they want the ice cream. You don't give them the ice cream. What do they do? They throw a temper tantrum. They honor their feelings because that's what matters to them is getting the ice cream and they didn't get it. And how dare you not give them that ice cream? Anyway, I feel like I need a drink of water because I'm running out of steam. I'm running my voice. I've been talking a lot today. Can you tell? Um, Anyway, and our journey in life is to get back to that because after that, we start getting away from ourselves and who we really are and who we are at our core. And the journey is to get back to that. And that's one of the reasons that I love the movie Christopher Robin. And if you haven't watched it, I highly recommend it, especially if you're on a trauma and healing journey, because it illustrates it so beautifully. Here is this boy that would hang out in the hundred acre wood with his friends. And then he goes off to boarding school and he goes off into the war and he gets so disconnected from who he really is. And in that disconnection gets disconnected from his family, his wife, his daughter, his mission, his purpose, and what life is really about. 
And all these years later, I won't spoil the story if you haven't watched it, but all these years later, here comes Pooh back into his life to bring him back to himself. And one of the moments in the movie that really gets me is Christopher Robin is sitting down talking to Pooh and he's like, but I'm lost, Pooh. And Pooh's like, but I found you, didn't I? And oh my gosh, the first time I watched that, like just crocodile tears. So I believe trauma is anything that covers us up and makes us less you. If we're going to go with the Christopher Robin metaphor, it's anything that gets us further away from the hundred acre woods. And the point is of healing is to remove all of those things that make us less us, whether that is a big thing or a small thing. Anything that makes us less us is trauma and healing is removing those things to get back to who we really are at our core. And I think that is a good segue into the first thing that I was wrong about when it came to trauma. And it was the types of trauma and the effects of the types of trauma. So in my first like major healing session that I had, and I'm going to be talking about these sessions more in depth later on. I'm not quite ready to talk about them yet, but I think in the next week, I'm just going to put my big girl panties on and we're going to talk about it. But in one of my first sessions that I had is what I realized is there's two types of trauma and I call them check engine light trauma and flat tire trauma. And in my experience so far is what I've realized is the check engine light traumas almost do more damage, at least as much damage as the flat tire traumas. And here's the reason. The flat tire traumas we address right away because when we have a flat, we can't drive a car. We have to change it. We have to get a put some fix-a-flat on it, in it, on it, whatever. We have to put some fix-a-flat in it. We have to change the tire. We have to address it right away because if we don't, we can't drive the car. So when we have these flat tire traumas, they get addressed right away because they're so obvious that something is wrong. So we, we do what we can and we at least get it to a point where it's manageable. The check engine light traumas are a warning signal, but we just think like, hey, it's a part of life. Like, hey, I'm angry. Hey, I woke up with some tightness in my jaw. Hey, there's like this feeling in my chest that makes me want to just pounce out of my own skin. But that's normal, right? Like we get these little lights coming on that are warning signs, but we ignore them. We ignore them. We ignore them. And then one day the engine just blows up and we're like, well, why'd it blow up? Well, little do we know we've been getting these check engine light signals for months and months, if not years and years, that's never been addressed. And all of a sudden one day things explode and we don't know why because we've gotten so good at ignoring the check engine light. And one of the big things for me, and this was another thing that I was wrong about when it came to addressing the check engine light trauma, was I believed that moving forward and healing and getting through trauma was saying it was okay. If this is not going to bug me, then I have to say it was okay. I have to find a reason for it. I have to make some sort of meaning out of it, which we do. But how we make that meaning and how we handle that meaning can create two different realities pretty drastically. And 
So one of the things, like something would happen, I would get my feelings hurt. I would get upset and I didn't want it to bug me. So I would say, it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. That happened. It's okay. Like life's going to be okay. Like, oh, your, your favorite pet died or, oh, your, your family member died. It, like, it's okay. It's going to be okay. And it's not that it's not going to be okay, but when we say it's okay, it becomes a weight that we continue to wear around and we never get rid of it until we say it's not okay. And I used to believe that when we said it was not okay, that was when it affected us for the rest of our lives. And what I've realized is when we honor it and say, no, that wasn't okay, it's still a weight. It's still a weight that impacted us, that hit us. But now instead of wearing it around like it's this suit of armor, It's now just laying there neutrally and it stays where it happened. It stays in the past and it doesn't come to the future with us. But when we say it's okay, we're like, oh, so if it's okay, that means I can carry it and I can wear it around. And we have all this weight that just stacks and stacks and stacks on us. And one day, and I believe that's when the engine blows up, it's just become more weight than we can carry because we've carried this guilt, we've carried this anger, this sadness with us all of these years. And then all of a sudden one little thing happens and it is just a major explosion. And it took a lot for me to see that, that saying it wasn't okay was not going to make me a victim. It was actually going to set me free and allow me to experience that personal freedom. And in that two of the craziest things to me is one, I didn't know that feeling good could be so effortless. And the other crazy thing is like the further I get into this journey, the further I realize I have to go, but that that also gets better. And to be honest with you, I get asked the question a lot, like why peel back the onion? Like, why would you dive into this? And the answer is because I knew I wasn't experiencing personal freedom. I knew I wasn't showing up as who I really was. And one of the biggest things for me is since I've had this fundamental belief of we know who we are around seven or eight years old and we know what we want. And one of the things that kind of kept coming back up to haunt me was when I was younger, I really, really wanted kids. I wanted to get married. I wanted to have kids, start a family, all those things. And at some point that went away and I decided I didn't want kids. I didn't want a family and I didn't know why. And I actually, I actually recently discovered why I will be sharing that in the next episode as well. But that bothered me. It bothered me because I didn't know where the decision came from. And I didn't think that that decision was aligned with who I really was. And I also, you know, it's ironic, I suppose, but I'm writing a book right now and I didn't realize how much of what happened to me when I was younger, I had blocked out. And fortunately, unfortunately, I don't know. I try not to put a label on these things, but I have a lot of it documented because I went through the court system. So I was interviewed during that time, like about what happened to me. And I I called the detective and I said, Hey, here's what's going on. I'm writing a book. I've blocked some of these things out. I I need to remember them because I'm putting them in the book. And 
he's like, man, you know, kiddo, like he, he was the, like, I could not have asked for a better person to be my detective. He was like, you know, kiddo, you're going to be digging up a lot, a lot of things. And I was like, yeah, I kind of opened Pandora's box a few months ago. So, uh, she's open. So, you know, (laughs) might as well go big or go home. Right, pal? And he's like, you know, I I am proud of you because as hard as it is to dig up those things, he's like, when we have blocked things out like that, we leave a hole and we will fill that hole with whatever, addiction, hatred, anger, guilt, whatever that is, we will fill that hole of that blocked memory with anything. And he's like, and all of a sudden one day you're trying to have a conversation with your boyfriend and he's crying in the corner because he doesn't know why he's upset and you want to kick his ass and... I was so, I just started laughing because I'm like, well, pal, we're here because that's, that's the thing that was getting to me was I wanted this family. I wanted a relationship. I want, I wanted all of these things when I was little. And all of a sudden I, not all of a sudden, but over the years, I've just blocked it and blocked it. And so that's why I believe it's important to peel back the onion because I think it's necessary that we follow the path that we're meant to follow. And when we have trauma in our way, it just keeps turning us down these wrong turns. And all of a sudden we have got so far away from who we are that we don't even remember who we are. So in a lot of ways, I believe this trauma work is a remembering, a remembering of who we really are and a reclaiming of who we are. And it's so funny because when I I named Live Aligned Radio, I didn't really know why. It was this personal philosophy I had, but I didn't really know what it meant to me. But in a lot of ways, it's remembering and rediscovering, rediscovering who you are and living aligned with that, living aligned with that version of yourself that you came to this world to be. And I'm trying not to say that in like a corny way, because before 2020, early 2020, like late 2019, early 2020, I felt like I had fell into that trap of like, be your most authentic self, put a quote on the wall and reread it every single morning and life will be grand. And what I think... Oh gosh. You know, sometimes you just think about memories of things you did and you just get embarrassed. And that is one of those. I'm embarrassed about it. I'll admit it. I did it. I was one of those people. I was wrong about that too. I'll I'll get into that on another episode as well. But it was realizing a lot of rediscovering and remembering who you are is not adding new things in. It's not adding that mantra or that affirmation. It's removing those things that make us less us. And of course, adding things in along the way, because that's like the zest of life. But I believe like the adding things on should be the icing and the sprinkles of life and not the layers of the cake. Because if the layers of the cake are wrong, if the foundation is wrong, everything is wrong. And it doesn't matter how many sprinkles and how much frosting you add to that cake, there's still something wrong. And you got to remove the too many eggs or whatever you did to that poor cake. I don't know what it is for you. But yeah, those are some things I've really been reflecting on is what I was wrong about with trauma and the effects of them. And the check engine light traumas and the flat tire traumas. And then also honoring and being able to say that things weren't okay when they weren't okay. And I actually, I really want to take a moment and I'm not going to be able to cover everything, but I want to take a moment and honor you 
and honor what you've been through and whatever that looks like. So I'm going to list some situations and I'm going to tell you that, no, that wasn't okay. And I hope I hit what's true for you. And if I don't, um, I'm sorry. And I want you to be able to give yourself um, a statement of whatever happened to you and then tell yourself, no, actually that that wasn't okay that that happened. And I can become stronger and I can move forward and also honor that that sucked and that wasn't okay. So if your dad died too young, I'm sorry, that wasn't okay. If your mom died when you were too young, I'm sorry, that wasn't okay. If you were sexually assaulted at any age, a young age, an older age, a middle age, I'm sorry, that wasn't okay. If you were in any domestic violence, abuse situations, mental, physical, I'm sorry, that wasn't okay. If you are escaping pain and your coping mechanisms were taught to be drugs and alcohol, I'm sorry, that wasn't okay. That wasn't okay that you were led to those situations. It doesn't mean you can't get out of them, but I'm sorry. If you had um, any tragic accidents in your life, I'm sorry, that wasn't okay. If your spouse, your husband, your wife died too young, I'm sorry, that wasn't okay. If you had this fairy tale in your head of a long-lasting marriage of a family and kids and that ended in a really nasty divorce, I'm sorry, that wasn't okay. If you've had a beloved pet that has left you too soon, I'm sorry, that wasn't okay. If I missed anything, I'm sorry, that wasn't okay. But I hope you take a moment to say your situation and tell yourself, no, that wasn't okay. And after you do that, I want you to tune into your body and see how you're feeling and see how does that free you? For me, with every situation I went through and said, no, that wasn't okay. No, that wasn't okay. No, that wasn't okay. I literally started standing up straighter. My shoulders went back. I felt more confident. So in any of your life situations, stand there and say something about it and notice what your body is doing. Because your body is your subconscious mind and it is constantly reacting to how you really feel and not what you're telling yourself. And this also works for the reversal. So one of the things that after I went through all of my things and said, no, that wasn't okay, I turned, I had to turn around and look at all of the wrong I've done and apologize to people and say, no, that wasn't okay. And it's crazy how much freedom that has given me. And I really hope that it will give you some freedom too. So I think that is all I have for today. In the meantime, 
And you'll probably hear from me again, maybe not this week, but next week. So don't forget to subscribe to the channel for my next series of things I was wrong about. If you know me, I honestly think this will surprise you. So if you are in for a surprise, subscribe to the channel. I will see you next time, my little rebels. And until next time, live aligned. Wait, I don't remember my own sign off. Be a rebel, live aligned, and go make a ruckus. There you go. I love you and have a great morning, day, evening, wherever you're at.